Kura, this program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. Kura Wellington, and welcome to B-Side Stories on Wellington Access Radio, 106.1 FM. Um, I've got a couple of really cool wahine here in the studio with me today. Actually, we're going to take one half for one of them and the other half for the other one, but because we're all mates here, we're just going to mix it up It as might well. get a bit freestyle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just to quickly introduce, and then I'll introduce the first topic for the evening. <laughs> We've got Laurie Foon, Wellington City Councillor here. Kia ora, whanganui atara. Good to be back on the airwaves at Access Radio yes. and B-Side Stories. Laurie's the founder of B-Side Stories, for anyone who didn't whoop, know. Whoop, yay. <laughs> but she's back on the other side of the desk. Yeah, other side of the desk today. Yes. And we've also got Patricia Given. Oh, Hi. Yeah. Who runs the Mountvik Hub and is a absolutely positively Wellingtonian of 2020. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and of all the time. <laughs> yes. Permanent, absolutely positively Wellingtonian. Yeah, it never turns off. <laughs> so, hi, thanks for taking the time of your very busy schedules, both of you, to come in. Um, in the first half, we're going to talk about the long-term plan. I'll just read my little intro here <laughs> to tell everyone what it is about. So every three years, the Wellington City Council sets the priorities for Wellington for the next 10 years in their long-term plan, or LTP. They invite submissions on the plan, and these are due by next Monday, the 10th, at midnight. So get thinking if you haven't done it already. This year's LTP is particularly important because WCC is committing to some of its largest capital investments ever. Um, it's partly due to some things like COVID and climate change and so forth. So who better to come and talk to us about that than self-professed fan of talking about poo, <laughs> <laughs> Councillor Laurie Foon. <laughs> Kia ora, Sadie. Yes, and um, it's, it is an experience in itself being a first-time councillor and working out a long-term plan and how you get there and how we arrive there. So it's, um, it's actually really nice to have what councillors have called the first draft, and now it's out for the public to come back to us on what they think the priorities are, and just it's our way of testing, have we got it right? And I guess through the process, people get to participate, um, contribute, and then we can also change it if we think that what the public are bringing is is important and fits in with, with the vision for the city. Mm-hmm. So what's your vision, Laurie, for the city? What do you reckon in 20 years, how would you like to see Wellington? Um, well, Sadie, it's something that all the councillors haven't really been able to agree on in a few words. So I love it that you've given me five minutes to come up with mine. But I think when I stood for council, what I saw was amazing Wellingtonians doing incredible things. And so I, I had the slogan, um, you know, to get Wellington to be the coolest little sustainable capital in the world. But I think sustainable is one of those things and you think, what does it mean? And now that I've been in council, this is what it looks like to me. So in 20 years, our children have chosen and can afford to live in Whanganui Atara with prosperity. And we are in full partnership with our mana whenua, and we're, we're sharing our, our decision-making equally with them. And we are wildly famous for our creative innovation on how we are getting to a low-carbon economy. 
or actually, you know, let's reframe that, and we're we're in a low carbon economy. So for me, um, every every and, and for many of other of the councillors, it's about the future of our tamariki. The decisions we make now affect the people of the future in Wellington. And a good example of that might be the green belt, say. So that many years ago, and the waterfront, many councillors actually made the decision to make those spaces special. And boy, do I thank them most days now. Awesome. I mean, it sounds good. And do you think that the long-term plan has the vision to get to your vision? Baby steps, Sadie, baby <laughs> steps. Um, well, actually, and they're not baby steps. And I think the reality is that's great having a vision, but I think every Wellingtonian has been aware of what's going on with our city and the infrastructure. And um, that's not why someone like me goes into council, you know, like I want to see more people on bikes and being able to choose different ways to get around and a, a zero waste. And so pipes wasn't really on the radar, but then I don't really think it was for anybody. Um, but the reality is um, there's some huge infrastructure that Wellington City has got to lay out. And so this long-term, this idea or the long-term term plan, not a very sexy name, I think. It doesn't really make you want to rush out and fill out your submissions, does it, Trish? <laughs> but if you think this is the way the council spends your money for you, you know, maybe that's another way we can frame it because all of the way that the money comes from are through rates and the impact and who it affects are, the, you know, are our communities. And it's not just about um, infrastructure, it's about our social well-being, our cultural well-being, our environmental well-being, as well as our economy. And so, yeah, so that's, that's what the spending's about. So I do urge everyone to get involved. It is really important. So and you can make a difference. What are these big spends? So the big spends mostly, so they've, the council have prioritised talking about three, uh, seven big ones, and I've tried to roll them into three for you. So everyone would have seen that on the front page of the paper in the last year or so, so we would have been talking about pipes. And so basically our water, the infrastructure is ageing. Um, some of it has been laid down pre-war, post-war, and a lot of New Zealand's in the same space where it's actually starting to degrade. And so we've seen that with the leaks that are going on. So there's two things we need to do. We need to invest in that infrastructure, but also invest in the capability because we actually don't have the people around to be able to, to, to do the work because it's not just Wellington either, it's the whole region. So water is the big one and you can get, you know, there are options for you for you to decide on where you think we should invest. And then the other big area is around city vibrancy. And so that's really talking about our central library, as we know, and Tengako and Civic Square. So basically that part of our town is so important because it's our heart, that's what Tengako means, but it's defunct at the moment. It's all shut down. So it's a real tragedy. So really we've got to prioritise getting our library back, making it awesome. Um, that's such a big hub. It's Wellington's Lounge and we really want it back. And um, and then what are some of the other decisions we can do to get going and, and get the life back into Civic Square? 
And then the third one, which is, is probably the reason why I did go into council, is around how we get to that zero carbon future. And so that's around what we're going to spend on streets for people or you know, ways to enable people to move around the city differently, um, to move towards a zero carbon future, which is our Te Atakura plan. So we're wanting to put the full ask into that. And then a big one for me is around personally, and this is where the poo comes in, is our sludge. And actually, when I started at council, I went in with the, we're going to be waste-free Wellington, we're going to zero waste. And I had no idea how far down or back down the track we were needing to start. So sludge is about removing the the weight or the slurry that gets pumped underground from Moa Point through the Mount Albert pipes to the landfill where it's kind of spun around and then it gets mixed with our waste four parts to one. And what that means is that we're in, and the reason for that is that it's uh, an engineering thing and a, and a smell thing, but mostly around the engineering where we need the stable waste to hold the slushy mm. poo, you know, yeah, so we don't, so it's yeah. not flowing down the bank sides. So it's not a sexy topic, and I love it that I've come from fashion to to poo, but there you go. That's what life's like. It all comes back to the poo. And so in a way, the pipes bursting, which was probably the worst possible thing that I thought could happen to me while I was in council, Mm -hmm. and we had to truck. Remember, we had to truck Mm -hmm. 13 truck, I don't know, a minute, an hour around to the landfill. Um, That in a way was a blessing or in disguise or a silver lining because that meant we realised how critical it was and that we have to do something about it. So one of the big packages in the LTP is a system um, where we will dry out the sludge actually at Moa Point and then we'll do away with the pipes and really we want to be trucking one um, truckload a day to the landfill but ultimately we want to get to a full circular solution for our poo, hopefully energy. But hey, we're not quite there uh, yet. You mean like burning it or something, or to create um, energy? Or... Yeah, actually, and this isn't my area of expertise, <laughs> but more into the hydrogen space, I think, like using it as energy to oh, okay. yeah biofuels. Yeah, uh, not quite. But not anyway, quite. Oh, yeah, yeah, anyway. just. Don't let me go down that rabbit hole without knowing what I'm talking about. Yeah, Sure thing. It all sounds very exciting, though, if there was a way to deal with that. To deal with that lovely poo. And yeah. so those little um, the pallets that I'm holding in the photo mm. that has caused a bit of an uproar are, are what the dried poo would, would come out like. Right. So from sludge to pellets, really. That does seem a bit more <laughs> palatable. Palatable. To be, yes, not so not, not as in eating. Yeah. <laughs> but Good. to pop in a truck, yes. And then Wellington can really commit. So once we get the, the sludge out of the landfill, then we can really commit to um, not extending the landfill mm. and really moving into a zero waste Mm. co-papa or, or really moving mm. into those waste minimisation projects that we want to get stuck into. So that's pretty vital because it's really holding us back. It's really holding us back. And the other thing to just uh, flesh out there is that the landfill makes up 88.6% of Wellington City Council's emissions and 6% of Wellington City's emissions, which is the same nearly as the airport. Wow. So your waste, every time you throw it away, just think that you're actually, you know, you're contributing to 
to that profile of well in Wellington City. So yeah, yeah. waste free Wellington, Parakore uh, Porniki. Here we come. And what are some other parts of that carbon neutral future? Well, funny you should ask, <laughs> but. Um, Probably the biggest opportunity we have in Wellington really is a way around the way we move. And so um, it's no secret that Wellington's transport emissions are, are up near a half of, is through transport. And so that's really through, um, yeah, our, our car use. And so as, as many of you know, many of us are really wanting to um, – change our modes, the way that we get around, really uplift our public transport, help it to go faster, put in better systems, but also create more shared space on our streets and really focus on creating our streets for people. At the moment, our streets are really closed to cars, for car but only open for cars. And we really want to open them up and remove, you know, really make them so that we can share the space for all modes to be able to move through Wellington. Mm -hmm. And so we've got quite a healthy, to enable that, um, a cycleways budget. Um, and so there are four options in there. And what's interesting at the moment, I understand that the submissions have come in either at all, like go the full hog. I think we're at option three at the moment mm -hmm. where we want to be at option four. But um, that would be wonderful if Wellington City could let us know that that's really what yeah. they want. Option four. Yeah, I option, want option four. I personally want option yes, four. Yes, we want option four, <laughs> um, which will enable us to do our whole program over Wellington within the next ten, ten years. So then we could start reaping the benefits right away. We could, and we need yeah. to. And it's not that easy, I've got to say. And I've, you know, you. I think the challenging thing about council is that you even get a beating up from your own camp, because it's not as cut and dried as it looks. So I'm trying to make keep it simple, but yeah, there's a lot of red tape to get through. For sure. You might have views on that, Trish, as somebody who's involved with Cycle Wellington. Yeah, so after this meeting, that's where I'm heading to, Cycle Wellington, to discuss this plan as Great. well too. So um, <laughs> there I've got a submission, plus my own personal submission too. But um, even just slowing the speeds in the street as well too, I feel is really, really important as so long as the streets are safe yes. for us to get around in. Safety. Regardless of what way you're travelling, but especially active modes of transport and really encouraging that. Yeah. I took my daughter into the city for the first time last week. She's nine on her bicycle, her cycling by herself. And it was it was great. And I could see how nervous she was as well. But I just thought, imagine if this was, you know, up a level and... We had separate lanes and we had safe and slower speeds and everybody mm. was looking out for each other and being courteous and just bringing into that, you know, the kindness aspect of everything as well too. You know, you're just valuing everybody's opinion on where, where we're going to on this as well. I feel yeah, like... Beautiful vision, thank you. I feel Trish. like COVID lockdown gave us a taste of that, mm. that people were looking out for each other more and... Yeah, they were. And, you know, that's when I taught my daughter to ride her bike and my son as well. Mm -hmm. They're eight and nine. And just getting out onto the road and learning the rules of the road while they were on the streets as well, while they were mm -hmm. empty, was a really, yep. you know, it, there was a lot to be said for our time in lockdown that we were able to do that. And cycling along Cobham Drive and not worrying about any of the traffic and you're on the road. Mm. But now we've got that lovely cycleway yeah. along the waterfront there. So that's that's very cool. And um like the kids love it, and I love walking along it as well too. We're very lucky to have that. But I just say more of that. Mm. It would be brilliant. To and see. of course, for every one of us who takes up cycling, I mean, I've only 
really been doing it the last couple of years, mm-hmm. that's one less car on the road. So all the yeah. other drivers can have a bit more space. That's <laughs> right. And I think that's an important narrative we need to get across because cycling isn't right for everybody. Yeah. But the more people, and I think there's 70% that would cycle if it was safe. So the more of those people we can enable, you're right, Sadie, it frees up the roads for those that need it and for our emergency vehicles, our public transport and delivery. Mm. Yep. So sorry if I hijacked that one. I was just like, hey, I want cycleways. <laughs> Good. Please please tell us the option you want. <laughs> I, I want all of them. Well, all our bikes are sitting outside. Yeah. Instead of three yes. cars, there's three bikes. Yeah, it takes back. up much less space, Both doesn't it? Lots of space. <laughs> Not take out three parking <laughs> spots. Right. So what else is in there? Have we covered... The main seven things? I think so. Um, I mean, it's very broad, but it's it's important that um, also I think that people don't feel limited by, although we're consulting on seven big issues, um, and they're really nicely laid out, but I think this is about Wellington and, and things aren't in silos. So if you feel that things have an impact on you and they can weave into one of those big things or you think they should be a big thing, please make sure you you bring it and let us know because I know that all of these submissions get read mm-hmm. and they all get brought to us in, in, a, in a way that we can see how they, they are important for Wellington. So how would I do that? Just attach a letter to my submission or there is a space so there should be a space for other or you can yep. attach a, a letter if you want or you can yeah but just or you can even email your um yeah there's an email address on the on the website but yeah yep. so just do that and but and make, all the ideas yeah great I wanted For to example, just sorry to butt oh, no, in, no, we on. have a whole community that have come out about skateboard parks that is not in the LTP, but they are gunning it. Good so they are saying we need more skateboard parks. Wellington is behind. We need to get up there because it just creates uh, so many benefits for, for so many people. Right. And if yeah. they didn't tell you. we would. Well, you if know, we don't get a little bit yeah. of pressure, we don't know. Yeah. 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 So they were just grumbling at home yeah. so yeah write it down yeah. get it to the people who matter yep um just think of that if i don't like writing things down is there is there a way i can verbally tell you things i understood i read that yes there uh, you can actually phone in right brilliant i might be wrong but i'm quite sure i saw that so another question i just had another technicality about actual submissions um there's some really cool forms out there that some of the lobby groups have made that kind of boil it down and make it a bit easier so you don't have to go through the whole submission process you can Mm. just tick the boxes you like if I was to do one of those and do the submission on the council site can I do that or is that will one of them be chucked out because I'm not allowed to do you know um my understanding is that yeah you're better to personalize one of the the scripted ones and put it in your own name right Okay, cool. But you can be part of a group as well. Mm. So, so you mm. can, you know, be part of a group if you're part of Generation Zero or mm. Cycle Wellington, as Trish has just said. But if you are, yeah, it is good. And I think if you can slightly personalise it with your own experience, mm. it actually does make a difference. Right. So you want to yep. hear those little anecdotes, yes, about things, how things affect you. Yes, okay. that's good to know. Um. I've sort of jumped ahead into my 
submission area of questions, but <laughs> so who can make a submission? Anyone. Um, businesses, organisations, um, we're even consulting with people that aren't from Wellington because they use Wellington. Mm -hmm. So we're down at the train station at the moment. So if there are things about Wellington that you don't like, because even if you're working in Wellington, your business is paying rates. So you are still contributing. Yeah. Right, cool. Um, yeah, okay. What if I what if I feel like, oh my God, I don't have time to do this massively long submission. I don't have time to go through this whole document. What can I do? Um, I think that that is the problem of of our society at the moment. Like we all don't have time. Um, what I would do is I would pick the one thing that I'm passionate about mm -hmm. and it would only take you five minutes, I think, to to get an idea of what council's asking you for and then submit on that. And the other thing you could do is go to a, a, um, a generated, a subscripted one through one of the organisations that you align with and see and, and do <coughs> put that under your own name. Yeah. Um, or, as we said before, you could phone in. Yeah, great. You can give it one sentence. Yeah, do something. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we were talking about um, options for the different, so you've got your seven areas and there's different options under each one. And some of them, it sort of says, well, council doesn't prefer this option so much because it's going to cost too much money. And I have to say, when I went through, I kind of wanted the most expensive options of everything. Can we have it all? <laughs> You're not the only one, Sadie. Um well, actually, this is one of the political challenges we have at the moment, and one of them is is the debt cap, which we talk about in here. And so if we put it into a household situation, it's a bit like you're trying to live within your weekly wage. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes you might say, I need to put something on the credit card because we really need to get that dishwasher or that bicycle now because it's going to make such a difference and we can see the benefit of doing it now even if it means we have mm. to pay it off so council's in exactly the same position so we have a debt cap at um 325% i think and and that debt cap is self-imposed so we've chosen that 325% of what oh it's it's <laughs> Sorry, once again no. no no that's all right it's not my lingo so so there's the um local government's finance authority and they have a limit and then so basically we're trying to leave ourselves some limit mm. so that if we have an emergency or an earthquake or another COVID or we need to pay for our housing, for example, we've got that there as a backstop. But politically, some of us think, actually, we need the cycleways now or we want the library now. So we're actually going to bust over that debt cap to do the library now, that's our preferred option if the public come back saying we agree with you. And so we're actually busting our own limit for that. But of course, that's where it gets political because many of us think we need all of this now. Mm -hmm. But then there's another challenge. We don't actually, you know, do we have the workforce now and how do we gear up for it? So there are, that's where it gets into the grey area. Although I imagine if you commit to a certain amount of expenditure, the workforce has more opportunity to you know, commit it, back to it you. It does. But so. one good thing is that there are different ways of, of 
gathering the money. So one is about rates, and we haven't mm-hmm. talked about the increase, so that's probably True. fair to say that we want all the best options, but at the moment we're looking at a 13.5% rates increase for Wellington. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fair to say that it has been the narrative of past councils to keep rates low, but actually that's got us to the position that we're in now. And so I think we have to get real about what we're investing into our city and in the infrastructure we want to make the changes we need to make. But the government is also understanding, and so they have brought about another funding vehicle which is called an IFF, so it's a um, a funding, uh, I can't even remember the name, for growth. And basically that's how we're going to look at funding the sludge because we want the big bling option. There's no point in doing it half Mm. or waiting till Mm. later. And so that's another funding vehicle that we're going to look at. But that will mean down the track when it comes to, so that's the credit card bit. We're going to have to pay it back at some point. And so that might be an additional, it will be an additional amount on top of the rates. Um, But I worked that out to be 20 cents a day. And believe me, I would pay 20 cents a a day for my poo and to be flushed away and know that it is going to the right place. Yeah. Well, we might have to stop on that, (laughs) the inspirational vision. I don't have a problem with rates rising. And I think it was Fleur Fitzsimmons, who's another councillor, mentioned a little while ago that to do something in five or ten years is going to cost way more Mm. than it is to do it now. Mm. So... It's, exactly. It's, it's a, the right thing to do, to, to do it now as much as possible. Like, yep. Yeah. And and the um, interest is low. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Because they want us to borrow. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they want us all to borrow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I wish we could talk more, actually, because I think there's a whole lot this more we really could good. talk about. Just I know. Just keep talking to Laurie. Yeah, we we'll just <laughs> chat for but I know Hopefully that Laurie's got to get Hopefully we've made the else. LTP sound a bit more exciting for yeah. you anyway. <laughs> I think it is exciting. When you start thinking about it, what, what it might mean for your own life in the city, yeah. you know, then these are quite interesting issues. And I think, we, you know, things like the landfill and, you know, city we can all move around, that's what makes us proud of where we live and our library. You know, all of the things that we love are so important. Yeah. So just think about, I think it's blown me away being on council. I used to be one of those people that never took any notice of what was around me. And now that I'm on council, I can't look at anything that's going on in the city without thinking about how council is involved in it in some way, even this radio station. True. And normally I would go to a song at this point, but because um, we've been talking so much, I think I might just go straight <laughs> straight <laughs> to the next part to of the it. interview, oh, if that's all right. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fine. <laughs> that programme was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding accessmedia.nz.